conclusion from life and letters of robert browning by mrs sutherland orr read for LibriVox.org by martin geeson a few words must still be said upon that purport and tendency of robert browning's work which has been defined by a few persons and felt by very many as his message the definition has been disputed on the ground of art we are told by mr sharp though in somewhat different words that the poet qua poet cannot deliver a message such as directly addresses itself to the intellectual or moral sense since his special appeal to us lies not through the substance but through the form or presentment of what he has had to say since therefore by implication in claiming for it an intellectual as distinct from an aesthetic character we ignore its function as poetry it is difficult to argue justly where the question at issue turns practically on the meaning of a word mr sharp would i think be the first to admit this and it appears to me that in the present case he so formulates his theory as to satisfy his artistic conscience and yet leave room for the recognition of that intellectual quality so peculiar to mr browning's verse but what one member of the aesthetic school may express with a certain reserve is proclaimed unreservedly by many more and mr sharp must forgive me if for the moment i regard him as one of these and if i oppose his arguments in the words of another poet and critic of poetry whose claim to the double title is i believe undisputed mr roden noel i quote from an unpublished fragment of a published article on mr sharp's life of browning browning's message is an integral part of himself as writer whether as poet since we agree that he is a poet were surely a too curious and vain discussion but some of his finest things assuredly are the outcome of certain very definite personal convictions the question mr sharp says is not one of weighty message but of artistic presentation there seems to be no true contrast here the primary concern of the artist must be with his vehicle of expression no not the primary concern since the critic adds for a poet this vehicle is language emotioned to the white heat of rhythmic music by impassioned thought or sensation exactly thought it may be now part of this same thought in browning is the message and therefore it is part of his primary concern it is with presentment says mr sharp that the artist has fundamentally to concern himself granted but it must surely be presentment of something i do not understand how to separate the substance from the form in true poetry 
if the message be not well delivered it does not constitute literature but if it be well delivered the primary concern of the poet lay with the message after all more cogent objection has been taken to the character of the message as judged from a philosophic point of view it is the expression or exposition of a vivid a priori religious faith confirmed by positive experience and it reflects as such a double order of thought in which totally opposite mental activities are often forced into cooperation with each other mr sharp says this time quoting from mr mortimer scottish art review december eighteen eighty nine his position in regard to the thought of the age is paradoxical if not inconsistent he is in advance of it in every respect but one the most important of all the matter of fundamental principles in these he is behind it his processes of thought are often scientific in their precision of analysis the sudden conclusion which he imposes upon them is transcendental and inept this statement is relatively true mr browning's positive reasonings often do end with transcendental conclusions they also start from transcendental premises however closely his mind might follow the visible order of experience he never lost what was for him the consciousness of a supreme eternal will as having existed before it he never lost the vision of an intelligent first cause as underlying all minor systems of causation but such weaknesses as were involved in his logical position are inherent to all the higher forms of natural theology when once it has been erected into a dogma as maintained by mr browning this belief held a saving clause which removed it from all dogmatic hence all admissible grounds of controversy the more definite or concrete conceptions of which it consists possessed no finality for even his own mind they represented for him an absolute truth in contingent relations to it no one felt more strongly than he the contradictions involved in any conceivable system of divine creation and government no one knew better that every act and motive which we attribute to a supreme being is a virtual negation of his existence he believed nevertheless that such a being exists and he accepted his reflection in the mirror of the human consciousness as a necessarily false image but one which bears witness to the truth his works rarely indicate this condition of feeling it was not often apparent in his conversation the faith which he had contingently accepted became absolute for him from all practical points of view it became subject to all the conditions of his humanity 
on the ground of abstract logic he was always ready to disavow it the transcendental imagination and the acknowledged limits of human reason claimed the last word in its behalf this philosophy of religion is distinctly suggested in the fifth parable of ferishta's fancies but even in defending what remains from the most widely accepted point of view the validity of mr browning's message we concede the fact that it is most powerful when conveyed in its least explicit form for then alone does it bear with the full weight of his poetic utterance on the minds to which it is addressed his challenge to faith and hope imposes itself far less through any intellectual plea which he can advance in its support than through the unconscious testimony of all creative genius to the marvel of conscious life through the passionate affirmation of his poetic and human nature not only of the goodness and the beauty of that life but of its reality and its persistence we are told by mr sharp that a new star appeared in orion on the night on which robert browning died the alleged fact is disproved by the statement of the astronomer royal to whom it has been submitted but it would have been a beautiful symbol of translation such as affectionate fancy might gladly cherish if it were true it is indeed true that on the twelfth of december a vivid centre of light and warmth was extinguished upon our earth the clouded brightness of many lives bears witness to the poet's spirit which has departed the glowing human presence which has passed away we mourn the poet whom we have lost far less than we regret the man for he had done his appointed work and that work remains to us but the two beings were in truth inseparable the man is always present in the poet the poet was dominant in the man this fact can never be absent from our loving remembrance of him no just estimate of his life and character will fail to give it weight end of conclusion from life and letters of robert browning by mrs sutherland orr end of robert browning two hundredth anniversary collection volume one